0: This episode of P.F.'s Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. This is Ira Glass of This American Life, and you're listening to P.F.'s Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Jeremy Esseck has some very definite thoughts about the term alternative comedy.
1: That phrase alternative comic, I really wish people would stop using in regards to anyone, because it's a, it's a meaningless term. It's a false... What used to, you know, what was a thing that, say, like, Hossein uh, did, or Patton did, or, you know, whatever, is now just, it's just a term for guys who have beards.
0: We'll hear more from Jeremy in just a bit. Weather Channel co-founder John Coleman doing some climate change tonight. you want to hear that. Also, we have the hottest record in the world from Jesse Ware. But first, as always, fake news. <laughs> and now, fake news with me. Senator Ted Cruz, the conservative firebrand from Texas, became the first Republican to announce his campaign for the presidency, and he spent Monday morning telling a crowd at the largest Christian university in the world to imagine what the country will be like when he takes office, and pitching his personal history as a key part of his campaign. Many conservatives are excited to hear about Cruz's candidacy, but admit he's no BB Netanyahu. After weeks of speculation, Jeremy Clarkson was officially fired by the BBC on Wednesday, The ruling came after the Top Gear host was the subject of an internal investigation following an assault earlier this month when he got into a fracas with one of the show's producers over the lack of hot food after filming. He will be replaced by a more level-headed host, probably Gordon Ramsay. Asked about the Second Amendment at a town hall meeting yesterday, Governor Chris Christie told voters, Send me a Republican legislature, and with a Republican legislature, you'll have a governor who will respect appropriately the rights of law-abiding citizens to be able to protect ourselves. No rights are given to you by government. All rights are given to you by God. So, Bill Maher's not joking. They really think the Constitution was written by Jesus. Duck Dynasty star Phil Robertson is facing criticism after a speech that included a graphic story about an atheist family being killed. Robertson appeared to be using the imagined story to claim that atheists would not find rape or murder immoral. Robertson opponents then sent him the birth announcement from designer Nate Berkus and husband Jeremiah Brent's baby announcement. New observations may finally reveal the identity of a mystery object circling around the monster black hole at the center of our Milky Way galaxy. Known to many as G2, the unidentified object could be a cloud of gas, it could be a star, or according to some scientists, nuke it. And finally, Kansas is poised to join a handful of other states that allow their residents to carry concealed firearms without a permit after the legislature there gave final approval to a bill backed by the National Rifle Association. Because remember kids, the more guns there are out there, the less likely it is that you'll get shot. And that's been Fake News with me. A big story in conservative media this week was the debunking of global warming by Weather Channel co-founder John Coleman. Well... Debunking is a strong word. If you go to the website of the uh, American Prosperity Network, if you, you already know where, where that's uh, going to lead. Uh, they show an interview with him, apparently from a, a TV station, I believe it is in Tampa. And uh, they do a Skype interview with uh, with John Coleman. And, uh, of course, now he is a meteorologist. He has studied weather. So I, you, I guess you could say he's a climatologist. So I, I would believe him. If, if he is if he's skeptical about it, then fine if he's looked at the data and looked at the research. But I don't think he has. He comes up with all these like nonsense points, one of which is, uh, I couldn't find the exact clip here in this thing. It's a 22-minute piece, and I didn't have time to go through all of it. But he points out that Antarctic sea ice is close to an all-time high, and the polar bear population is as high as it's been in recorded history. Well, here's the problem with the polar bear thing. Uh, climate change is not the biggest threat to polar bears. The biggest threat to polar bears has been hunting. And the reason the polar population is going back up is because the U.S., Russia, Canada, and I want to say Japan, have all signed a treaty that they're not going to hunt polar bears anymore. And that's why polar bear populations are going up. As far as the uh, Antarctic ice thing, uh, there's a difference between the ice on the land of Antarctica, on the landmass, which is shrinking rapidly, and then the sea ice around Antarctica, which is growing, which is, this is several complicated factors involved in that. Okay, that's, that's number one. Okay, uh, then he comes up with this nonsensical uh, statement about why the, so many scientists say that global warming is real.
1: See me rubbing my fingers? It's like a guy rubbing. It has become the money.
0: That's what it's all about, the money. $4.7 billion a year
1: of U.S. taxpayer money, yours and mine, is going to global warming research.
0: Okay, well, first of all, according to the Scientific American, uh, about a billion dollars has been put up by uh, anti climate change skeptics. Well, it doesn't make any sense. It's been put up by climate change skeptics. I was a double negative there. Sorry. Uh, and I, if his, I couldn't verify his number, but I'll go with this four billion. So yeah, that's it's four times more. That's fine. Okay. But still, it seems to be a lot of money in in climate change denying, uh, as I see it, uh, particularly from the Koch brothers and from other secret money funds. And Scientific American did this whole thing where uh, Exxon and other people that have traditionally funded uh, climate-denying, now their donations have gone down. But suddenly, uh, money from these uh, dark third-party organizations has gone up mysteriously. Hmm. And what do I always say? Uh, Global warming is a conspiracy started by scientists who want to be rich and famous, people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye. And I could go on and on if there were any more scientists who were rich and famous. Okay. So then uh, there's the real gem here, though. Uh, Apparently, there's some kind of—well, I'll let you tell. I'll uh, I'll let him tell you.
1: And we have 9,000 PhDs in meteorology and science who have signed a petition saying the CO2 global warming thing is nonsense. We have 31,000 scientists in general, people like me, meteorologists, climatologists, who say global warming is nonsense.
0: So I looked up this petition, and uh, conveniently they list everybody who has signed it, uh, all 31,000 or whatever. It's called the Global Warming Edition Project. You can look it up online as well. Just go to your favorite search engine. And uh, I just went through this is listed alphabetically. I just went through the first couple of names here and Googled them, and here's what I found out. So my list starts off okay. We have uh, let's see here, uh, Dr. Paul Bradley Addis, PhD, University of Minnesota. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. But he's a biologist. Hmm, and uh, he's does a lot of research in biology, but not in climatology. So I'm a little Skeptical there, if you will, uh, kind of like asking Al Roker, "Hey Al, uh, what do I do? Uh, my, my ficus doesn't seem to be perking up very well, even though I water it every day. What do you reckon?" Uh, let me see. Next guy, Dale Alexander. Uh, he <laughs> has a, has had a clinical massage therapy practice in Key West, Florida, for 26 years. Oh, so a masseuse is a climate expert. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. This guy has tons and tons of degrees, but it's all for like clinical massage and things like that. So he is a real doctor. But it, he's not a climate specialist. You wouldn't go down to the, the the tanning salon and say this global warming thing. What do you reckon? And and expect to get an expert opinion? I don't think. Uh, see, Earl M. Agard, Ph.D., biology, also a huge anti-abortion guy. Again, not mad at those folks. I totally get the point. But but again, not not his area of expertise. Here's a good one. Dr. Mumtaz Ahmed Salik. Uh, Dr. Mumad Ahmed Salik, it says from uh, the uh, university website he works for, served in University of Punjab for 32 years in the Department of Islamic Studies. He earned his Ph.D. in 2002. His field of specialization is Islam, modern thought, and problems. Well, hey, any port in a storm, right? <clears throat> And then there's Dr. Leonard Coldwell, who is not, in fact, a doctor, though he has claimed to have cured cancer. Apparently, he's some kind of a scammer uh, who escaped Germany, and he's kind of like, I guess, a a really rogue version of uh, Dr. Oz, uh, and has just done, uh, allegedly, some really awful stuff. Uh, But again, not a doctor, not a climate scientist. So just let me say that when it comes to uh, global warming skepticism, I'm a little skeptical. Jeremy Essig is a comedian, musician, and sometime journalist who started his comedy career in Ohio before basing himself in St. Louis. He's there now, but will likely be moving to one of the coasts very soon. Here now is our interview with Jeremy Essig. Okay, joining us on PFSA Recorder, it's Jeremy Essig. Jeremy, how you doing?
1: good buddy how are you
0: good man been a while since we spoke i think it's been i think about two years almost
1: i think you are correct
0: yes so uh what is new with you
1: uh new currently is my obsession with Delta airlines and their horrible customer service Uh but uh (laughs) i I don't know that you want me to waste all my time with that (laughs) um i don't know a lot man i uh just you know, I'm just just been touring a lot. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm working on what I want to do uh, for the CD recording next week. Um, I'm feeding my dog. All very very exciting things.
0: Okay, so you're recording the CD in Cincinnati. I am. Okay, At, I didn't uh, know Go that. I, oh, I didn't know if it actually says that on the because usually they'll announce that, that that's uh, a thing. I didn't I didn't notice that on the website. I don't
1: know. Uh, we, I don't know if they know it. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was kind of something I decided. Because uh, uh, the week I had a fallout, and uh, they had the week open, so I picked uh. it up, and I was pl- always planning on recording whenever I did my week there this year, and so it it came sooner than I thought. So, okay. Um,
0: well, this is very yeah, exciting. Yeah. I don't.
1: Yeah. Wow. Plus, if it's anything like my last CD, uh, I may not release it. So, oh,
0: okay. Um, maybe, well,
1: maybe I don't want to make it all that uh, knowable or
0: oh, whatever. Okay. So it's a it's a potential CD recording.
1: Yes, yes, right. it's a recording that I, I in a month will probably just go nah and uh, toss aside yet again.
0: Well, what didn't you like about the last one? Did, did, did didn't like the jokes or did the responses or what was the you Well, it to?
1: was kind of a, it was a combination of things. Um, the idea on the last one is I'm, um, I was really trying for a different sound. Um, you know, I, I don't think people take sonics into consideration a lot with um, comedy CDs. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. want a mm-hmm. music CD or whatever. And so I, I I had been reading a couple different books on producers of albums and the different ways they recorded. And so I decided I want to record in a really small room um, that only sat like 25, 30 people. Um, so uh, we did two nights and uh, then the guy who was producing the album sent it back to me and he like basically doubled the laugh track. Oh. And so it sounded like it was in a theater, which was not at all what I wanted it to. You know, it was, it was uh, yeah. like the antithesis of right. what I wanted it to sound like. Hmm. Um, and so I sent it back to him and I said, hey, you know, could we, this is not what I was going for at all. And I mean, it doesn't sound fake, but I know it's fake. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I was there. Um, <laughs> and then he had some, uh, some personal stuff come up in his life. And so it was like six months before he got the second version back to me oh. and at that point i was like i mean i was like i tell all of these jokes better now you know <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know I've, I've added tags or i've cut words or you know just as you know as you play with a joke it, it they all had evolved and so at that point i was like well, i don't want to release this now because i do all of this better or at least in my mind better you know um, so I ended up about eight months ago. I did a limited run of fifty of those, just for people who wanted them. Yeah. And I re- and I sold those on my website, and those are gone now. I've sold um, all fifty of those. So I guess I did release it, but I didn't release it. Okay. You know, what I mean, it was kind of a uh, Easter egg or whatever
0: you want to call it. Ah, did you send any like serious so they could you know put it on their uh, comedy channel or?
1: no because I wasn't real happy okay you know I I think the only reason I even did the 50 is a couple of. I mean it's been six or seven years since my last CD so people have been asking and then there were a couple jokes on there that I just don't do anymore that I won't ever do again because they were connected to certain parts of my life that I'm not in okay Uh, and so I decided, like well we'll do a really really short run just to get it to you know people that really want it but no I, I don't I don't know that I want it out there on, you know, serious or in the world at large.
0: I see. Okay. And uh, maybe this one or maybe not.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> we'll
0: see. So uh, you're, are you, you're uh, still based in St. Louis then? Or have you...
1: Uh, I'm back here for the time being. Um, I was in New York for a year. Oh, okay. And uh, then last... August or maybe September, I, um, gave up my apartment because I was literally there two days a week. If uh, oh, not okay. a week, I mean, there two days a month, sorry, two days a week would have been better than what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, and after a while, the rent just became so prohibitive for a place that I was like, I'm not even here. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, uh, so I lived in hotels for a while, um, you know, on my off nights and then um, I found the apartment I have now in St. Louis. It's uh, kind of like a—I mean, it was a, it's a five-month lease, and then it's month to month. So um, as of right now, I am here because it makes more sense with touring. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back or move somewhere else. Or you know, my my life seems to be in constant transit. So. Uh-huh. But yes, I am as I speak to you right now I'm in Saint
0: Louis. Yeah, you have a lot of tour dates set up uh around the Midwest through the rest of the year, or are you gonna be going to other parts of the country or is that to be determined?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. I mean I'm I'm working here in Saint Louis this week. I'm in, you know, Cincinnati next week, then I'm in Salt Lake City. Um I was just in Vancouver two weeks ago. Um so it's kind of the tour dates are kind of all over the place.
0: Okay. And, uh what kind of thing you're talking about these days I know your your uh your stuff has kind of had a you know an evolution over the years shall we say from you know you kind of were known as this alternative comic maybe a little uh dark edgy but now I think you've become uh, I guess as you've gotten older you're a little younger than me but still you've you know you've been at this a while um what what kind of what's what's the stage show like now
1: um well I mean I, if, if we could just go back for a second um that the phrase alternative comic I really wish people would stop using in regards to anyone because it's a it's a meaningless term. It's a false what used to you know, what was a thing that say like uh Poseidon did or Patton did or, you know, whatever is now just it's just a term for guys who have beards.
0: <laughs> like that so it's yeah. like it's a
1: lie term, really. Um so You know, what I, uh, it's actually, you asked about, what I'm trying to do now is just something different. And I don't even necessarily know what that is, except I may be trying to expand what stand-up is. Um, uh, You know, I've started doing this thing where I bring my guitar on stage, and I don't play it but if someone, <laughs> any random person from the crowd wants to go up and play guitar during my show, I will start singing my jokes. Oh, wow. Dudes, at whatever point they want to come up, so I don't know where I'm going to be in my set. Uh, I don't, you know, we I, I've done it a couple times when people played slow, and then one time in Indianapolis, the guy in the crowd was in a punk band, and he played, like, crazy, crazy fast. Oh, and wow. it was, you know, it's, it's just weird when you're, and you don't, you know, I don't even know what chords they're going to play or what key they're going to play. And so you just have to kind of make up a melody yeah, um, on the spot. Um, so that's kind of one thing I've been doing. Um, you know, I've also, I don't want to say encouraged heckling, but I've really started enjoying interaction. And I think there's a difference between, you know, interaction and heckling. If someone wants to, you know, from the crowd wants to play, uh, then that's what I want to do. I'm, you know, because I've taken so long to record this new album, I'm, you know, 90% of the jokes, I'm like, whatever. There's yeah. a couple new ones that I'm excited about, but, you know, so I'm, ju- I'm just, you know, if, if someone is just yelling random stuff, then that's heckling and that's annoying, but if someone in the crowd wants to interact, and yeah, let's do that. Let's see where that goes. Okay. You know, um, and then even with, the album, I'm I'm thinking of just different stuff to do with it. Whether maybe I release it and take all the laughter out, um, and just give it spoken. Like if I just remove the laughter track. Yeah. And just kind of let people determine where they want. You know, what as opposed to like you hear laughter on a CD and you go like, oh, that's where the punchline is. No, you take it home and figure it out.
0: Hmm. That's what they used to do with um, the uh, the old TV series MASH. They wanted a, they desperately wanted to not use a laugh track and CBS made them but if you buy the DVDs of it you have your choice you can turn the laugh track off if you want and it's uh, it's a very different experience and that's that's a fascinating approach for stand up
1: well i mean that i what I, I have a feeling what i'm going to end up doing with this album if we do the album is releasing two versions and one will be standard it will you know because it i you know there is money in getting your stuff played on Sirius or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. At, the, at the end of the day, I do need to pay rent, and I don't know if you send them some weirdo CD <laughs> with no laughter or, you know, the sound of a goat instead of laughter. <laughs> or, you know, like, these are all, you know, just these yeah, random yeah. thoughts I have. Yeah. Um, a
0: guitar lick. I don't play
1: it. What's that?
0: A little guitar lick at the end. bow. Instead of a rim shot,
1: exactly. Yeah. So I think what I might—this is if I do it—I might do two versions. I might do, uh, you know, a standard version, and then just do a weirdo version. Just you know, I don't. I don't. I just. I think comedy, for whatever reason, or comics—not all, but some—have gotten super like. Self-important, and uh, you know we're doing this thing, and it's you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing that's been done forever. You know, maybe maybe you're telling a story instead of a joke or whatever, but it, it hasn't really changed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. no one, you're just standing. There, and I mean, they're, they're, yes, there's a certain uh, naked quality to standing there with a microphone and talking. Absolutely, but what no one's you know like i don't know like you you listen to like sonic youth albums and you go like wow they took rock music and then they went like what if we did all this weird stuff and still made it it's still music you know what i mean it's not um or you know even i don't know i've i've more of a music background. So, uh, yeah, uh, well, and I mean, that's everything from, I mean, I've even worked lately on vocalics, my own, you know, I think the idea with standup is you just go up and I talk like I'm talking to you right now. Right. That's the, I mean, unless you're doing like Emo Phillips or whatever. Right. But what is, is there a better way I can use my, the tone of my voice to make this come across? you know, things like that. Um, I've, I don't know. I've just been, I've been really focused on just sonics and what else you can do with the medium as opposed to just here's 40 more minutes of jokes. Yeah. You know, here's 40 minutes of stuff that's happened to me, you know, which is it's in there cause it has to be in there cause that's the medium. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's, it's the same as saying, well, this is a rock band. They play guitars. Yeah. But what did you do with that guitar or, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, or did you bring some new element to it? Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, well, like with OMD, always used to say they were, when they started out, they were, um, you know, the the record label came to them and so they were on the same label as uh, New Order, and uh, the guy said, "Oh, you guys are going to be a great hit singles band," and they were like, "Hit singles band, work experimental, German influence." They couldn't see it. They were making pop music, even though it was a, with a quirky edge to it. It was still pop music, and that's that's kind of interesting right. to bring that approach to to comedy. Where what little, what little quirks can you? put in there that it's, that it's still stand-up comedy but it's, you know, it's, it's something different. That's a, that's a pretty what What has kind of drawn influence... Well, you said you have a mostly musical background of course. Have you drawn from any other places? Things maybe seen on TV or read or anything like that?
1: I mean, it's you know, the majority of what I read is uh, music biographies, you know, so it's a lot of I think that's where a lot of the sonic thinking has come. Um, you know, but um you you know you read sometimes about like uh poets or writers or whatever who just like i read this thing where like someone it, people would just have it was like a bunch of sentences that different people would write right like you throw in sentences yeah and mm-hmm. then at at the end you create a story out of those sentences or you know a poem yeah. or whatever
0: yeah, right exactly. so mm-hmm.
1: i mean i don't know how you make that work with comedy but I, I, you know, because it's a timing thing, but I I do think it's interesting if you put a bowl of, uh, you know, out as a crowd walked in, right, and you just had everyone write down a word, and then by the time you finished your act, you made a joke out of, maybe you didn't use every word, but you know what I mean, you constructed it only out of words or phrases um, from the crowd. I don't, you know, in a timing sense, I don't know how that works, because you would have to you know, call it and actually sit there and work on it. You know what I mean? Um, But it just, any weird thing like that, like that's the other, I know I'm I'm kind of with, you know, letting people come up on stage and play guitar or having conversations with people. I mean, that's the other, um, you know, there, there's that thing kind of um, in what was considered like, you know, eighties into nineties underground music of like, we're 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 the crowd, you know, there's no line between performer and audience member, yeah, and that's I'm trying to figure out a way to do that with stand up to make it more like well I don't know where do you want this to go yeah. you know that i I mean I think you, when you start doing stand up, there's that thing of oh, you can't do, you don't tell me what to talk about, I'm not going to do that, you know whatever. And I, I agree to that to a sense. Like I'm not going to have anyone tell me like you can't say that or you can't go there, but there's, I I think there's also, I think it's an interesting shared experience thing. If you go like, okay, well where can we take this together? I'm not going to let you limit me, but maybe you can add to the creativity just because you're someone sitting in the crowd and you didn't, you know, start by doing open mics and then hosting or whatever. Like, it doesn't mean you can't contribute something. And it, and then it's a moment. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the other thing. I got really bored with my own stand-up a while ago when I realized, like, I'm just up there reciting, basically. Uh, you know, I can yeah. I, I know how to pause, and I know how to feign a smile. And it maybe it doesn't sound like I'm reciting, but in my head, I'm doing this. And I'm also thinking, like, oh, you know, is my electric building tomorrow or whatever you know yes. and so what i've been trying to do for the last year and a half or whatever is just make these moments where you go like that was that show you know what i mean that i saw that show where he did that thing or we did that thing or that guy in the crowd did that thing no one else is going to see that show oh, okay yeah I'm, i've been trying to do that as much as
0: possible hmm interesting and as far as music goes, are you still doing things actively in music? I know you're a huge music fan, as you've just you know mentioned previously, of course, but uh are you still doing stuff with that?
1: Yeah, um, we I uh, have uh, the game show I created um, with my friend Chris uh, uh, Loser, a live action shame show um, and with that, you know, one of the things is uh, it's like, don't forget the lyrics we do with contestants but, um, they're accompanied by me on guitar and uh, my co-host Chris on a, a Toys R Us drum kit. Yeah. Uh, so you know we we still play in that um, for the Christmas shows I did here in St. Louis. I did put a band to get like an actual you know band with a drummer and a bassist. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I still I'm still I still have music written. I don't know if it's going to find a way onto this album or what I'm going to do with it. But yeah, I still play. And, I play guitar. You know at least. An hour a day, and I just—I just. Someone left their drum kit here, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just slowly learning to get better at playing the drums.
0: Ah, okay. And who were your guys uh growing up? I mean, who were, who were the influences? I don't. I, we had this conversation probably years ago, and I've completely forgotten uh, what you told me. But
1: as to comedy?
0: Like, hey, no, uh, for music, because in you know, high school, college, things like that. Oh, music. Uh, I, my,
1: you know, I've probably my favorite and i found him in high school was um uh paul westerberg from from Replacements. there you go um but it's it's i weirdly noticed and it was something someone else said that uh there was something was written when i was in vancouver they wrote an article on the show and it said something about my style on stage where it said hanging tentatively from the microphone stand Hmm. And uh, someone previous said, do you know what you're doing on stage? And uh, they go, it's Michael Stipe. You look like Michael Stipe when you're hanging on the microphone. (laughs) I go, oh, okay. (laughs) And so I actually watched some, uh, I've been watching different, you know, uh, old REM clips, and I realized that when I play guitar, I'm kind of aping Peter Buck. Like, it's in, like, a stage move style. And so it's kind of, it's weird because you know, I really, really love those old REM albums. But I would, if you would ask me, like, what are your top ten favorite bands? I would have never said REM wouldn't have been in the top ten. I love them as a band. It's yeah, just, you know. It's, and then you realize, like, oh, somewhere in my subconscious, that attached. That's <laughs> at funny. Least, you know, at least the style of it attached. Um, you, um, so I'm kind of going through now and rediscovering is the wrong word, but kind of I don't know, relearning a lot of that band. Right now, That's you funny. Know, you um, should uh,
0: go back and listen to uh, the Rock Solid podcast. Pat Francis hosted. It's Jimmy Pardo's buddy, and he has a rotating oh, sure. co-host, and April Richardson is one of the co-hosts, and she's a huge R.E.M. fan. It's her favorite band ever, them and the Smiths, I reckon. And uh, they went and looked oh. back at R.E.M., and I was like, you know what? I was among the haters after Monster. I was like, I was done at that point. But you know, that's still a good band, definitely before. And even after they they still you know outputted some stuff. so I'm kind of going back and rediscovering that. So maybe I kind of know prematurely put the knock on REM. Um, so
1: yeah, well, Mike Chris, who I, I referenced earlier, who's my co-host on the game show, uh, hates REM according to him you know, I was kidding with him the other night his birthday's coming up, and I said, I just relearned 15 R.E.M. songs for your birthday party. <laughs> and, you know, he, he, said, he said, oh, you didn't have to learn all of Monster on my, and I think <laughs> there's a point where that, like, that's the kind of, uh, uh, Mar- I don't know what word I'm looking for, that's where people departure point for a yes. lot of people. They it, yeah, remember yeah. that, And I still think that's a really, really good album, but, like, we were at a bar uh, the other night, and uh, I played a bunch of stuff on the jukebox, and one of the songs I played was off chronic town which was their oh, easy yeah, and, yeah. and he goes who's this and i go this is rem and he goes oh this is really good
0: and yeah because so i think
1: yeah, there's they have a back catalog oh totally you know before out of time
0: yeah yeah it's funny because um you know, a lot of times i go on the rock solid facebook page and I'll, whatever the topic was i'll throw a couple songs and they encourage you to do that and i was like I I thought they'd covered all my favorite REM songs, but then there was We Walk off of Murmur, and there was uh, Green Grow the Rushes Grow off of Fables, and I mean there was still tons of stuff that was still that was still out there. So yeah, that's uh, I think yeah, I, you know when they became a, a stadium rock band, that's a lot. they kind of like with you too. It's a lot different than you know the people that were, and I guess it happens with a lot of bands. I guess that you know there's that point where they where they break, and then it's you know people widely know them, but only for a certain amount of their catalog.
1: Sure, yeah, I mean, it, it, but I don't know. I mean, I was, you know, my age, I the first show of theirs I saw was The Monster Tour. Um, oh. But, yeah, I, you know, even those shows, I don't like amphitheaters. I can't even remember the last amphitheater show I went to at this point, but, you know, I prefer tiny <laughs> venues. But, um, you know, even that I thought was, you know, good. It's just, it becomes impersonal at a point, you know? Yeah, and I yeah. think that's, when you, I think for anyone who really likes going to see, you know, live music, which that was that was the upside of the year I lived in New York. Like I could see just crazy music. Like that's that's what I was doing on my with the two nights a month I was home, which probably wasn't why I moved there. But um, oh yeah, you know if you're if you're someone who really likes live music, I think the it, it is better smaller because it becomes so impersonal and a you know grander whatever. Yeah.
0: I think off the top of my head, I think <laughs> the only good amphitheater show I can think of off the top of my head and uh, is uh, the Beach Boys. And and people may snicker, but we saw that 50th anniversary show, and holy cow! Because they lend themselves very. If you if you want the intimate show, we we got uh, tickets from the record company, and we bought lawn tickets. And then the four of us went, my family, and we switched off. My wife and one daughter went to the pavilion for one half of the show, and then we switched. And you know, people on the lawn are having fun dancing, but the people they're more serious about the music. They're in the pavilion, and it was a great show. So I mean, they 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 kind of lend themselves. And I reckon people like fish and. You know, the Grateful Dead when they Nature were kind of like that too, where you it was, for some people it was a party and they could enjoy it out on the lawn part of the amphitheater, like so many amphitheaters around the country, and other people could enjoy it in the pavilion who were you know more into the band.
1: Yeah, I am sorry you, uh, the second anyone says fish, my head turns off the <laughs> same way. <laughs> oh, I have I, I have, I have
0: it, no I have no time for fish, but I just <laughs> I just realized that it they're a band that's like that, and, and and same thing. Grateful Dead never took with me either, as as Robin Hitchcock would say. I never developed a flavor for it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't. My best friend is, uh, you know, he's been my best friend since we were in high school and, um, he's really into that and that's a growing, it's a, uh, consistent argument between the two of us as to how bad, how terrible I think they are
0: versus them <laughs> trying to convince me otherwise. Yeah, it's it's well, you know, as I've grown older, there's another thing I wanted to ask you, is like I said, since you're uh, a little younger than me, but, you know, uh, out, of, out of college for a while. I, I mean, as you've gotten older, have you become less of a snob because a lot of things I just dismiss as like, well, you know what, it just never took with me. Like Springsteen, like him as a person, like him as an artist, he's on the right side of the issues, but art yes just musically, it just never took. Bob Dylan, it never took. You know, just things like that that people just love I just never had a developed a, a flavor for but I'm not a snob about it. I'm like I and mean, these people aren't wrong to like them certainly I'm glad they like them you know they've had the same passion for them as I have for OMD or depeche mode who people sneer at me derisively for liking
1: yeah I mean yeah I think so I mean the only time I get real vocal about how terrible something is is if I'm stuck in a car with someone and you keep you <laughs> you're just you know forced to but no i mean i, I for especially as vocals i used to be about you know that's terrible and this, you know this is garbage and that's garbage um you know i i've started i st- I've started working for the uh, riverfront times here in um yeah st louis the music paper and uh just it, just as a freelancer uh, you know mostly goofy funny music articles right. um but the one thing i was telling someone i go i don't really want to do reviews because I don't want, I, I don't know, like, I'm like, I don't want to slam anybody, you know, because it is, it, it, it does, to me, it's just like, well, if you like it, that's fine, you like it. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to, I mean, there's certain things that you can go, that's so corporate that right. I don't consider it music because yeah. that's clearly, you know, any passion behind it has been drained out.
0: Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah.
1: You know, and it's just four people or three people or whatever making noise. I think that's great, regardless. Yeah. You know, whether or not it's my kind of noise, you know, as like it's as long as the packaging annoys me, and I can kind of get, okay, that's garbage because it's not a real thing. Right. Um, that's right. A, a, a commercial, basically. But yeah, um, yeah I, I I I really have become less judgmental, I guess, as I've as my hairline has receded.
0: Yeah, there I'll you put go. it that way. I'm with you, man. Well, all right, sir. I got a lot of great stuff for the article. Uh, the big feature will be—I got to get the transcribing this real quick because my deadline is tomorrow. But um, uh, well, big feature oh. in City Beat, and then um, we'll come out and try and see the show. My wife's been wanting to get out to see another comedy show, and we like uh, we like that room a lot, uh, uh, a lot better than the other room in town. Uh, so I think she'll be uh, amenable to coming out to, to check out uh your comedy. Yeah,
1: please, yeah, please do. It's um, it should be a fun show. I've got uh, two friends of mine from St. Louis are opening for me. Oh, so, great. Uh, okay. It should be it should be a
0: fun show. All right, we'll talk a little St. Louis Blues maybe after the show and uh, and uh, they're looking good and they're, they're going to disappoint me. I say probably in the second round as we're able <laughs> <laughs> instead of the first round, like, lo- losing to the eight, losing to the eighth seed. I don't, I don't think I don't think they can top that, but we'll see. Yeah,
1: you know you, you have to have your identity.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, you do. Yeah. All right, man. we well, good talking. to You. Thanks for taking the time. You too, buddy. I'll All see right. you soon. All right, great Bye. Thanks again to Jeremy Essig for being on the show. You can catch Jeremy April 9th through the 11th. No, I'm sorry, April 9th through 12th at the Improv in Cleveland, Ohio. And then he is at the Deja Vu Comedy Club in Columbia, Missouri. I think that's April 16th through the 18th. For all things Jeremy Essig, go to jeremyessig.com. How easy is that? Okay, very good. So the usual credits, of course. uh, Original music composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Let me see. Uh, the uh, logo designed by Dan Koble. Dan and Megan's podcast, The Queen's Gambit, uh, is, I think, still going up. They've moved houses, so it's a. Uh, they uh, they might have uh, missed a few weeks because they're trying to get things sorted. I'm very jealous, though. I saw their new place, and uh, they they have a divided basement. And uh, Megan was showing me the area. She goes, "Yeah, hey, we're probably gonna have a little podcast studio here." And I'm so jealous. I'm sitting here talking to you in my family room, and uh, luckily, there's nobody making noise in the house right now because I'm the only one here. But wow. That's, they're living the life. They're living the podcasting lately, let me tell you. You can go to queensgambitpodcast.com, I think, to find them. Okay, uh, what else is coming up? Oh, next week's special episode. It's a music-based episode. Interviews with Marina and the Diamonds and Walk the Moon, along with tunes from both of those artists. So stay tuned for that. We're going to head out with the hottest record in the world, of course, uh, a term we borrowed from BBC Radio 1. Uh, this is Jesse Ware. The song's called You and I Forever, and I had a chance to hear Lollapalooza a couple of years ago. And uh, I've always liked Jessie where, uh, unfortunately, she gets a lot of radio airplay over in... Well, that's not the unfortunate part. She gets a lot of airplay uh, over in uh, Britain and the rest of Europe. Uh, but she hasn't really charted very highly. And it's surprising me because she has a lot of great songs. And this is this one included, I think this only got to like 20-odd in the UK charts. But this is you and I forever. And uh, so long and thanks for listening.
1: It's good.